Hello and welcome to the Hoop Collective podcast. We talk about the NBA, which we're doing on Thursday morning this week. Um, I'm in Oklahoma City, so I'm a little bit on the road. So we're doing a little earlier than normal. Hopefully the all hell doesn't break loose in the NBA before this post, but now it's jinxed. Joining us from Dallas, Texas, not far from me, really. It's Ben McMahon. Yeah, I mean, if you'd give me some heads up, I'd have come up there and give you the Grand Tour of Bricktown. No, you wouldn't have. It would not have been worth your time. Uh, joining us from Boston, Massachusetts, is Tim Bontemps. Hello, guys. Um, so I, I do need night- to give a howdy partner just to kind of set the mood here because you, you've got hands on temples, so I want to lift your yeah. spirits with good old howdy <laughs> no, my spirits partners. are fine. I'm no, I my spirits are fine. But by the time this comes out, um, it'll be a couple of days ago, so it won't be relevant. But I'm just going to say real quick that that Wednesday night I, I went to this Oklahoma City Thunder Denver Nuggets game. And in this game, there were 3,000 people in the building, okay? Obviously not a high-tension uh, game. Um, at the end of the game, Mike Malone, Michael Malone, the Nuggets head coach, wanted to win. So it was a, a five-point game with eight minutes to play, and he put his starters back in, uh, including the MVP of the league, Nikola Jokic, who was having a good game. He always has a good game. And – the thunder had already kind of, you know, sat whatever front line that they have. And so they decided to play most of their backup guys, but most importantly, they decided to put the ball in Josh Giddy, their number six overall picks hands for the last six or seven minutes of the game against Denver's incomplete front line to play. Now, the point I'm telling you about this story is, is that too much in the NBA, in my opinion, many people will disagree. Um, we don't talk about the game and we're guilty of that on this podcast because sometimes the game isn't that interesting. And it's, it's a flaw of this time that uh, McMahon's laughing at me, but you know, the game ultimately is what this all is about. And we lose sight of the game too much. And the game is, 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 is why we're here. And so, currently talking about a preseason game that we don't know the story. Right. So let's you get know to what? the preseason yeah, game story. That's right. So down the stretch of this game, there's this really great little drama happening. I know nobody's paying attention. Nobody cares. But if you actually watch the game, it's really fun to watch because these Nuggets guys were trying to win. And here's this 19-year-old rookie who's trying to leave it against it. And guess what? Giddy did it. Giddy was great. He made like four or five plays down the stretch, completely outmaneuvered the, um, the Nuggets. Thunder win the game with... And by the way, he was out there with their other first-round pick, Trey Mann. Both of them looked really good. A very good night for the Thunder franchise. Nobody will remember it. But I well, had so much fun. The peak of their season. It. It's already happened. <laughs> it might. You know what? There's not going to be many nights like like that there. And um, Look, their season's about Josh Giddy in many ways. So if Josh you know, Giddy is just, is good for them, they'll be very good. And I'm just saying because I've now got very to talk about. The point is I've now got to talk about Kyrie Irving. And at the heart of this, when I started in this job, I started in this job to talk about moments like I saw with Josh Giddy, this 19-year-old kid figuring out a way to win a game from Australia, figuring out a way to win a game, you know, just this cool little thing, which could be a glimpse into the future. I but started no. in this job because I started out as a business major and realized I was way too dumb for that. But go on. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, Bontemps and I have talked about having a word of the week with you, uh, McMahon, since you learned what opaque meant two weeks ago. 
um, what you know, Bob Thompson will teach you a word a week. I'm I'm very clear about opaque. Already, already right on the, already using it in a sentence. Very good. So, um, but we can't talk about, you know, stuff like, you know, rookie development. We have to talk about this situation in Brooklyn because this is. What do we have to, like, what else is there to say? Kyrie, 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 like he decided that he was not going to get in line. He knew the consequences the Nets made a business decision. They didn't want the drama. They didn't want the distractions. They didn't want the in and out and you know lack of continuity. Kyrie, you know, gave his logic, which amounts to a spewing absolute nonsense and analyzing absolute nonsense is pointless. So well, here, here's the question about the Nets. Here's the question about the Nets. Let's let's say this is their team now for the season. What what is what is the what is the outcome? I mean, I I think they're still the favorites in the Eastern Conference. They still have two of the top 10 players in the league, and they've got pretty damn good depth. Uh, You know, Patty Mills, obviously, we thought that was a good signing. Now it's a a really critical signing. Um, You know, Bruce Brown proved himself as a really quality complement to superstars. Blake Griffin, uh, as a, you know, as a a complimentary player, looked really good last year. you know, LaMarcus Aldridge is back for better or worse. Nick, Cla- Nick Claxton, Joe Harris. I mean, they've, they've still got a, I, I still think they're the favorites in the, in the East and, 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 and in the NBA. Well, and I, that's sort of, to me, sums up the situation that we're talking about, right? Where it, for as talented a player as Kyrie is, he's third best player on their team by a fairly significant amount. And the other two guys on the team are better than him at just about everything except for dribbling. So, you know, if there's any team that could absorb the loss of a guy like this, it is the Nets. And I still think this probably comes down to if Kevin Durant is healthy and if James Harden is healthy, you're going to like their chances against, you know, just about anybody in the league in the playoffs. So, you know, I, I think this is the only decision they could realistically make. They couldn't go through the season with this guy playing half the games and trying to, you know, practice every day and having all of the media circus that would be around that and right. all the attention that would take away from their team. They've got a really good team. I think this is the only path they could take. And now we'll get to watch them play. And I think you even saw in the way that Steve Nash and James Harden talked about it yesterday uh, for us on Wednesday. Um, it's just like, hey, this is in the rearview mirror now. If he gets a shot and comes back, great. If not, you know, James Harden even said, I'm trying to win a championship, right? James Harden, about, you know, Kevin Durant has titles. Kyrie has a title. James Harden doesn't have a championship. That's clearly what that's the one thing left on his resume to do. So I, I think for those guys coming into the season, trying to, um, you know, be all focused in the same direction and having having a plan of attack going forward. I think this is the only thing the Nets could do. And I, I'm with you, man. I think there's every reason for the Nets to think that um, they've got a real shot. And frankly, I think in a lot of ways they could be better because if you ha- just have the ball and Harden and Durant's hands down the stretch and you have another defensive player out on the court that limits what is already a pretty significant or it helps kind of diminish what was the pretty significant weakness for that team, which is their overall defense. Yeah. Kyrie's biggest value to the Nets after the Harden trade was if one of those guys goes down, you're still going to have That's right. uh, two all NBA caliber scores and, and, and creators. Again, if they're healthy, I'll say this though, James Harden and, and, and he's, I'm sure well aware of this. I, I feel like Harden and Russell Westbrook are the two guys in the league that have the most pressure on them uh, going in this season. They, it is a championship or bust situation for both of them. 
the window is shrinking. They've put themselves in hand-picked situations, um, you know, and they are Harden's clearly the best player uh, in, in the league who hadn't won a championship. Um, you know, with all due respect to the Jokic's and, and Embiid's, you, you look at his body of work over the last whatever it is, sure. now, twelve or thirteen years, and then uh, you know Russ is one of the most accomplished guys without a without a ring. So they're there, and I think that's you know obviously Hard and KD were part of these conversations. It basically, came down to look this Kyrie circus having him half the time not able to play home games, which you know might have continued into the playoffs, probably would have. Like it's just not worth it, and so they moved on. And honestly, like he did his little IG thing, cool, whatever. I'm ready to move on. I'm, I'm tired of talking guess about who, Kyrie Irving. It's was, not uh, fun. Guess who was killing it in the weight room in the visiting team weight room last night post game in Oklahoma? City. Jokic. He no? was in there for at least an hour. I don't know, maybe not enough. Forty. Michael minutes Porter Jr. No, no, Jokic, you got it. Oh, Jokic, yeah. yeah. No, I told you. you. Got it. He. Um, this was a couple of years ago. You know in. In Dallas, they've got a little shoebox of a visitor's locker room. And so, like, if you're going to do any kind of post-game uh, workout, it's it has to be in that hallway. And it's I remember, a big, wide hallway yeah, it's a real a, little teeny locker room. Exactly. And so I remember I went down. I don't remember exactly. the. Oh, no, this was the game where he got the game-winning bucket. Um, it went down to the wire, and he posted up, got the game-winning bucket. He was great down the stretch. Uh, I think pretty early in the season and I went down there and just the way I was positioned in the Michael Malone postgame scrum, I could see his workout and dude, like it was one of the most intense postgame workouts I'd seen. I, I remember there was a guy who was hitting him with like one of those padded sticks while he was doing all kinds of like kettlebell type of stuff. And you know, I mean, and I was, I was remember thinking, you know, for a guy who the rap on him is, he's not in very good shape. Like he's, he's, he's working. Um, and clearly, you know, we, we've seen that pay off, uh, especially last year when he was the clear cut MVP, even if Embiid would have stayed healthy, no matter what Wendy says. Well, you know, the funny thing is that some of the indications out of the Nuggets this year is that they may not ride him as hard and they may, I don't know if they're going to give him time off. They may give him some games off and they may uh, reduce his minutes to try to save him for the long haul. So I guess he'll be invalidated as the MVP, right? Because, you know, he may take a few games off. Um, but the thing, the thing is, you know, we all, you know, speaking of MVP and narratives, you know, Durant now has an, has an incredible, you know, there could be 15 uh, twists and turns, but Durant now has a preseason narrative. Well, you know? and, and you know what? So does James Harden. And, right. and, you know, when we did our little five-on-five disruptors, James Harden's not one of the eight favorites uh, in terms of Vegas odds for MVP. And, look, last year he got hurt. You know, we I talked about his little – I think his personal trainer experience in Atlanta and Vegas didn't fully prepare him for the season. Uh, this year he was much more serious about it. But going into last year, five of the previous six seasons, he'd been a top three finisher in MVP voting. And his his performance when he's on the floor has not dropped off. So especially if there's going to be some, uh, you know, maintenance with with Durant and Harden's the guy who's playing every night. If I I think you know to dismiss Harden as an MVP favorite is uh, ill advised. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists 
who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call or click ranger.com or just stop by. Two guys drove to work. Neither guy wore a seatbelt. One guy got a ticket. One guy didn't. The same two guys drove home. One guy wore his seatbelt. One guy didn't. One guy made it home. The guy not wearing his seatbelt didn't. Don't risk it. Click it or ticket. Paid for by NHTSA. Agreed. I think, you know, look, I, he has all the motivation this year, right? I mean, this, this is on him. He's, he's talked about, um, you know, he's got a potential either contract extension coming up or if he waits till the summer, he can make a ton of money. Like there, there's every reason for him to come back after last year with the way it started and ended and get back to being, you know, James Harden, top five player in the league. And- I'll say this. I do believe that Harden is not worried about the money because I think even if he misses a bunch of games, he's getting well, paid. Well, he'll certainly get paid. I'm just saying, like, between the championship expectations and trying to reset his reputation after the way last year started and ended and everything else, like, it's he, – he has everything to play for, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, this is – you could say this is the biggest season of his career in, in many ways. So, you know, we'll see, uh, we'll see how he does with it. But I, I think he certainly has a shot at MVP, especially if Durant misses time, which – you know, of the two of those guys, I think you're going to bet on Harden playing a lot more games just based off of the way the past years have ran it. Yeah, he's been a workhorse throughout his career uh, until yeah. last season. And, you know, the, the the way it will work is, you know, he'll be the primary ball handler. There won't be any of that duplication, although they did play really well together last year. Um, their, their, their fast chemistry um, in sharing the ball was one thing to be excited about if you were a Nets fan is that they really did for the most part, not have the kind of, um, uh, you know, period that I thought they would have. And, and, um, and but and, and it was a tiny little sample size because of all the injuries, both regular season and playoffs. But when those three were on the floor together, I mean, the numbers were absolutely ridiculous, but honestly, you put Durant and Harden on the floor together, like they're going to be probably the best offense in the NBA. Yes, but I will say that it's been my experience that to win a championship, you need, you you think you've got enough, you always need more. Um, you know, unless you're the Warriors, <laughs> you know, when you had you know two MVPs in your prime and you know second team All NBA guy or whatever. well, no, 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 the Warriors, the Warriors thought they had enough during a seventy three win season, and then they went out and got more. They had That's one right. championship in the you know in their pocket, Those... but they went out and got more to get two more titles. Those two years that they won with Durant, they, they had enough. <laughs> they had enough. Um, but, you know, and, you know maybe, maybe, they, maybe the Nets will have enough, regardless of, of, Ky- of Kyrie. I, I will say this. Um, I would bet that there's been some rubbing together of hands in the Rockets front office over the recent days because one possible fallout of, of all this Kyrie drama is that, you know, Wow. Let's see how long the Nets are together. They got they got the uh, KD extension done. Um, Harden has has made it very clear, like, eh, I'm just going to hold off and play this out. You know, he can opt out after this year. Um, and then I just cannot imagine that the Kyrie Nets relationship is is salvaged. So, well, anything can happen. But, you know, you, you know, if you want to take like 
you guys all talk to league executives. League executives are highly cynical and they look way out in the future. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and so when you talk to people, you hear things that are the opposite of what so often we talk about in here, which is in the moment. And, you know, you talk to people about this and like, oh, this actually worked out perfect for Brooklyn because Kyrie won't play for three or four months and then it'll get resolved one way or another, whether it's a change to the law or he'll get vaccinated or, or something will happen and he'll come in and he won't have the wear and tear on him and he'll, you know, feel like playing basketball. And when they really, really need him because the season is long, he'll come in and everything will be good and they'll be, they'll be perfect. This will end up, you know, I talked to some people like this, this will work out fine. It, it, everybody's got, uh, everybody's up in their feelings right now an egg on their face. And it's a political issue. So that's the thing, but you know, three, four months from now won't be a deal. And, that, and then you talk to other people who are like, Kyrie Irving has done everything that the, that the nets could have uh, ever dreamed of. He delivered them. Uh, Kevin Durant, Durant uh, wouldn't have come there without him. I still, I've yeah. said on this pod before, in 19 years covering the NBA, one of the more baffling things I've ever seen is that Kyrie <clears throat> convinced Kevin to get married before even free agency, like six months, whatever, six months before free agency, whenever that all-star game was, five months before free agency. But there are people who, will, who have said to me, Kyrie is Mr. Net, got Durant, Durant got him hardened, and Durant extended. And I, you know, I even have executives going, can you believe that Durant did this extension? He didn't even get a player option in last year, that extension. I mean, hmm. you know, Durant's so in on this. It's amazing. And then, you, you know, they say, you, you know, you don't, you know, they were going to have to give Kyrie, you know, they were going to have to you know, give Harden an extension too. And that meant they were going to have to give Kyrie an extension. And, you know, you don't even want to extend Kyrie because he's not focused on the game. And, you know, he, he's got injury problems and who knows where he'll be in three years, much less three months. And, this all works out for them. Yeah, they may lose this player and not have him for that long, but, you know, they may not want to, you know, in two years, they might say, oh, my God, can you imagine if they gave Kyrie a $180 million extension? I mean, I don't know if any of that's going to come true, but there are people whose, whose lives are dedicated to basketball who are saying those types of things to me, Bontemps. I don't know whether it, it is just another thing to say in the moment, but, I mean, there is a pathway where you could see those things coming true, that Kyrie comes back later and it works, and that Kyrie getting Durant locked down and then fading into oblivion ends up being the formula that leads the Nets to a, a mini dynasty. Yeah. I mean, look, it's, you know, at the end of the day, they still got James Harden and Kevin Durant. So it, you know, that's um, until we know different about Kyrie, as McMahon said at the beginning, they've still got a real shot. And, you know, that's, that's the thing that's going to be interesting to see is what they look like going forward. Cause I think at this point, you just have to assume the guys are going to be there and, you know, until all that changes, that's going to be my operating assumption. All right. So um, I just checked my contract. We have to talk about Ben Simmons real quick. I don't know <laughs> if we're going to know about what's happening with Ben. Can I see the dollar talk. figure on that deal? Um, <laughs> all those zeros. I was going to say something, but I'm not. Um, but um, uh, Ben's in health and safety protocols, which implies he's not vaccinated. I don't was know he, what was he, to say. was he, was he watching Kyrie's IG live last night? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, you know, the thing about it is that if, for the NBA, you have to be quote fully vaccinated, which means you have to be, you know, X number of weeks off, whatever shot you took, whether it's the one shot or the two shots. So I don't know whether Ben has taken a shot or not. I just know that as of Monday, when he reported 
He was not deemed fully vaccinated and therefore had to go through the full five days of protocols. He couldn't just take one test and come in. So he's not fully vaccinated. I had, I had, um, I had a, an agent this week tell me that there's less than 20 players in the league right now who are unvaccinated. Yeah. And I'm like, well, how come it feels like there's a lot more? <laughs> because they make a lot of noise and there's a lot of, a lot of drama surrounding them. And, Michael and Porter some Jr. of them are big Jr. names. Last night, Michael Porter Jr. last night botched a wide open dunk. He ran into the rim and um, the heckles coming from the crowd of the, the light crowd in Oklahoma city uh, regarding his vaccination status uh, did, did elicit a couple of chuckles from me after that misplay. Um, so he has to go through health and safety protocols, which means that he's not available to do anything until Friday, which, um, and the team is playing in Detroit on Friday. I mean, it's great for him. It's like, Hey, I showed up. I'm not getting fined anymore, but I don't actually have to be with the team. This is awesome. Right. So the real question is, and I don't even know, like the real question will be, so he's, I mean, I guess in theory he could be cleared on Friday and then come sit with the team on the bench in Detroit. I would be surprised if that happens, but it's possible. Um, and I don't even know if they're going to practice Saturday. So we won't even know like what Ben Simmons is going to do or what he looks like and what he might say until Saturday or Sunday. So, well, and I think the bigger, the bigger question about Simmons is, is this dude going to come in and, and basically intentionally sabotage the Sixers? Like you saw James Harden last year in the season opener basically said, look, I'm going to remind everybody just how damn good I am. Went out and got 44 and 17 uh, uh, against the Blazers just to remind people like I am that good and then tank the rest of the time until he was traded. What's Simmons going to do? Like, he, yeah. I mean, he's not going to be locked in. We know that. Is he going to be intentionally, you know, just lazy and especially for a guy who, you know, so much of his value is on the defensive end where like, if there's a lack of give a damn, you know, uh, that just, it doesn't work. And so multiple people, be- multiple people in the league have, have asked me, I don't know if anyone said this to you, Bon Temps, they're like, is he going to go through the layup line in the first game and like grab his Pass. back? Oh, I thought you were going to say pass, pass to the my- rim. <laughs> <laughs> now that's funny. That's a good line. I'm going to steal that one. Um, <laughs> uh, but I mean, By the obviously, way, I have yeah. I have Troel Embiid recommendations. When when Simmons finally walks into the locker room, Embiid has to greet him with Adele lyrics. Hello from the other side. <laughs> Talking about how many times he he called him to say he was sorry, like don't I mean the best troll in the league has to like what are you going to do? It's going to be awkward anyways. You might as well have fun with the situation. So I I do I want Embiid to study up on his Adele lyrics and just uh just serenade Ben Simmons when he walks in the locker room for the first time. Given she's um, dating Rich Paul, that's uh I, that's funny on multiple levels. Oh um, boy, Bon Timms, you really just cut right through it. Well, I, I don't know how many of our listeners are. Uh, are our listeners are, are NBA nerds. They're well aware of the Adele ties. Uh, I, no one has quite said that. And I mean, me, nerds Brian, in the most well, complimentary sense. Yes. Well, they're, no they're, one, they're no, making a joke, a, a better joke than, than, than McMahon just made. Well, yes. Uh, they're no making one, a joke no one, uh, about that. No, but. 
no one has quite said this scenario of the layup line, but I've gotten many questions about, is this guy actually going to play or is he going to claim an injury and try mm-hmm. to like get around this? And, you know, I mean, again, sort of like the Kyrie situation, this thing is probably going to change by the day and week. And as of now he's back and, you know, the, when I was at the game on Monday, the net Sixers game, the expectation from people there was, well, we think and hope he's going to play. And that seems to be where they're at still later in the week. And, you know, Philly gets out on the court next Wednesday in new Orleans, and then back at home in Philly on Friday against the nets, you know, just got to wait and see. Yeah. He, so if he's, he, if, if he, if he plays in that game in new Orleans, knowing that the next game is that home game, what happens in that game is going to be very interesting to see if he plays well, in it at all. It will be, it will be fascinating. But let yes. me tell you why that game is interesting because that game was billed, mm. you know, Zion versus Ben. Mm-hmm. Well, Zion's not going to be there. And the, this week, the um, Pelicans slipped in and there, there may be an update, you know, and I, I'm, we're going to, I'm a, you know, we're, we're, we're behind all the time anyway, just because of how fast NBA news moves. But uh, I'm sure there's going to be an update between now and when this pod posts about Zion, because it, it sounds like they're, you know, quote unquote, getting the scans back um, today as in, as in Thursday. But this was a very uh, depressing update that David Griffin gave this week that kind of slid under the national radar because there's so much going on with <laughs> the two boys uh, in the Atlantic division. Um, uh, that Zion Williamson isn't running yet. And, uh, you know, if, you know, last we heard from him, Zion was like, oh, I'm going to play opening night. Well, he isn't running yet. And they said he needed scans this week. I assume that's mm-hmm. MRI to, to, to on that foot to see, um, you know, where his healing is like, this is another setback. Like, I don't Dude. care how they frame it. It's another setback. Well, here's the thing. Believe not a word coming from the Pelicans until you see Zion back, at least in practice. They, they're just, they're not forthcoming. They're, they're, they're not, and, you know, whatever the reason is to protect Zion's what he wants, whatever. The simple fact is this. They were able to keep this under wraps until media day. They misled the media then. Basically, oh, yeah, he'll be back for uh, season opener, no problem. He's not. Who knows how long he's going to miss. Um, man, Willie Green, is he took over a bad situation. This is a, a roster that's a mess. Uh, a franchise player who, you know, says he wants to be there, but, man, sure don't get those vibes. He's not healthy. Who knows what kind of shape he's going to be in. They're getting beat like by 96 points per preseason game. Not I think quite we know what kind of shape he's going to be in. Yeah, round. Um, it's boy, what a tough gig for a rookie head coach. Meanwhile, look at this is the start of their season schedule wise. They're they're home for the Sixers, then they're in Chicago. They have a back to back with two games in Minnesota. Then they're home for Atlanta, Sacramento, and the Knicks. And then they go on the road for the Suns, Kings, Warriors, and Mavs. That's their first 10 games. I mean, they're, they could be very quickly, especially without Zion, in a big hole. And with all these teams that they're trying to compete with to be in the plane in the West and to try to take a step forward, as you talked about, McMahon, to show Zion that 
They're moving in the right direction as far as being a competitive team in the Western Conference. They start out two and eight, something like that. Three and seven, first couple weeks of the season. He's still banged up. There's going to be, you know, alarms going off in New Orleans really fast if that season gets off to (laughs) a rough start. How many teams in the West are they better than? Thunder Rockets. Anybody else? Yeah, I mean, I think I think probably I would say they're the they're they're the favorite of that next group of teams to be in the play-in. But I like Minnesota better. I yeah, know. I mean, I would. Sacramento, I don't feel we can argue. Maybe San Antonio they're better than, but I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I think they're at the top of that group of teams. I think that's a cluster of teams, and maybe Memphis is in there too. We'll see how the Grizzlies mm. are this year. Memphis is um, better than New Orleans. I think so. I think so too. But um, you know, we'll, Valanciunas was a pretty big piece for them last year, and we'll we'll see where they sit. But either way, I think that I definitely think Memphis is at the top of that group, and I think New Orleans is behind them. But again, if Zion misses the first couple weeks of the season and they get off to a terrible start, like they're not enough better than those teams that they can maybe recover from a terrible start. So again, there's a lot, as we all have talked about all summer, right? There's been a ton of pressure on that team going back to the summer to get better and be competitive. And I think we all were at best sort of mixed on their summer in terms of what they did at best. And you know, if they go into the season and Zion's not ready, you know, all of a sudden that pressure on them is only going to get ratcheted up a whole bunch more. I thought I knew what mixed meant, but I, I, I guess I'm not clear <laughs> on the definition of that word because I'm not mixed at all. I think they had a crap summer. I just wasn't speaking for everybody. I couldn't remember if everybody was in the exact same frame as me, which is that it was not good. So I definitely didn't think it was good. I, I, yeah, I, here's what I know. I just remember that you know Zion's had had a lot of Zion had a lot of frustration at the way his his when he was able to be cleared to play from his in the injury his rookie year I mean mm-hmm. from multiple reports and multiple things we've heard he is still under his skin the way the the th- that the, the th- um, Pelicans handled bringing him back from that injury when he was definitely out of shape and they were trying to protect him as far as I could see. Yeah. Here we are again. He has said that he wants to play opening night. Now he said that a couple weeks ago. That's obviously not going to happen. You can now stream the most MLB games on direct TV without a satellite dish. Yes. Catch the clutch hitch strikeouts, grand salamis, web gems with nothing on your roof. So who's ever up there, whether it's the roofers, Santa birds, old timey chimney sweeps, moody teenagers, thrill seeking raccoons, you name it. They won't find a satellite dish, but you will find your MLB games on direct TV. That means direct TV is your home for baseball this season. Root, root, root with nothing on your roof. Yes. Stream your team. Call 1-800-DIRECT-TV or visit directtv.com. Sign up today. Claim based on total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the hypnotic team. Every season is hypnotic and tequila season. Hypnotic liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. (laughs) 
he is clearly, if you've seen him, not in shape. And, you know, he hasn't been able to run for months. So that's not a stunner. Is this going to be an issue again with him? How fast he can come back? Because even when he's not in shape, he obviously can still play. The guy is wild talented. He was not in great shape last year at all. And he was an all-star. And uh, I think I put him on my All-NBA team because he's one of the greatest uh, interior scores I've seen in my lifetime. He's like Shaquille O'Neal, Shaquille O'Neal level interior score as a guy who's, you know, six inches shorter or whatever. And, um, and with ball handling skills. Incredible ball handling. I mean, so just, Shaq could handle for a big man, but he, this guy's a, you can play him at point. Right. And so my point is like, if they put him out there 20 pounds heavier than he was last year, whatever he's got, he would still have great games. And I'm sure he will want to play because he, and he will make a difference for them like that. But they got to, they're dealing with the guy with a broken foot, you know? People who break feet sometimes break their feet multiple times. So I just, you know, I'm just, I'm more looking at, does this begin an issue with returning to the court just like it was two years ago as he heads into um, the contract extension zone? And, and it's not uh, just, it's not just about timing of when he returns, but then what's the plan, you know, minutes limits and all that stuff. And, you know, is he on board? And then, you know, if he's, if he's in the kind of shape that we expect him to be in like is one of the worst defensive teams in the league just you know even worse you know is he like catching his breath on defense all the time um i'm it just i don't know man my uh my limited pelicans optimism has been drained yeah i just i just think that there, there continues to be disappointing news about him and you know again when David Griffin was giving this update and, you know, for all I know, he'll give another update. I'm sorry. Um, it's not a live show. Um, again, it was, uh, it was purposefully missed, you know, misty on when he actually hurt himself. You know, you know, Griff said at the beginning of the summer, beginning of the summer, while well, the Pelicans didn't make the playoffs. So their summer started. In <laughs> Yeah, you know, the before, calendar before, summer, the NBA summer. What you know? What, right. what are we talking about the here? The first, you know, previously he said right. You know, he said before summer league. Well, Christmas was before summer league. <laughs> you know, so yeah, like again, like whatever he says, it's also it doesn't, it doesn't matter because he's he does not have credibility. Right. Also, well, you know, this NBA Lane commercial that they did, which you know everybody loves and is really cool, and took a lot of planning and logistics. Zion is in that commercial, you know, in theory, breaking a backboard. Of course, they don't actually show him jumping um, because, you know, he was, he had a broken foot. So, but he does like do something. He's like hopping or something. And I'm like, when did that commercial get shot? <laughs> was his foot broken? And if his foot was broken, because he definitely is jumping up and down, not like, to dunk oh, he, but I'm he, like, you, they show him landing once that's all they show so like it <laughs> it he could have jumped he could have jumped six inches it's it's it doesn't you know, are you supposed to jump six to inches tell. when you're recovering from a broken foot oh i'm not i'm just i'm just saying it's for people who haven't seen it it's not like he was you know bouncing around like a pogo stick he he wandered across the court in a brief shot and then they showed him landing from seemingly breaking the backboard, which he obviously didn't break might, in the video. Might, so. might be some special effects there. Might be some yes. special effects. I don't know. I but just you know, thought and was like, when, you know, when was that? Because when you break your foot, aren't you supposed to be in a boot? 
Uh, well, as, Mc, as McMahon said, this, this situation falls into the same phylum as the Kyrie and Ben situations and that uh, the next time uh, I will believe Zion Williamson is playing an NBA game is when I see him on the court in an NBA game. And I mean, until then, listen, I'm at least, just, we're at just least in status practice, quo. at least practice. Right. And, and Wendy, like, you know, obviously we all would love Zion to stay healthy, but if you don't think this is like five alarm buyer, you, you mentioned guys who break feet tend to break him again. I mean, we remember when, uh, when Kevin Durant did it, guys who are 300 plus pounds who break and, and just are, there's so much, uh, you know, I'm no scientist, but whatever those fancy words are like force and stuff when he force. jumps and lands, yes. I mean, dude, like, are you kidding me? Big dudes who break feet and run and jump a lot tend to break him. I mean, there's, I hate to say it. And the, you know, the medical technologies come a long way, but we can go down the list of, of big guys whose careers were ended prematurely or, or were, you know, didn't live up to their potential because of foot problems. Well, I, and, and that's, that's, I don't know scary. what you make of the, uh, of the online investigators because, you know, we're in an era where there can be disinformation very easily, but you know, like last night there were people, who were zooming in on the notes that were on Kyrie's um, uh, desk as he was giving his IG live and trying looking upside down and trying to decipher what he said. Um, But, you know, there are people who have, you know, there were, there was paparazzi videos and stuff this summer of Zion out in Los Angeles, you know, living his life on the town and, you know, I don't know. I'm not an orthopedist. I don't know. Maybe you don't need to have a, your foot in a cast or a boot if you've got a broken foot, but there was no photos of him with a broken foot. So again, I say, when did he have this injury? When did he have surgery? You know, um, fine. You don't want to tell us for HIPAA or whatever. Fine. Um, but you know, it's only, it's only the entire franchise. So no big deal. Um, can I, I, can um, I try to end the pod, pod on a positive well, note in the final few minutes? Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm in a bad mood, but I am. Uh, no, I want to say something. What, you, what quick are you saying about, about something that made me smile last night? Mm. The pink pair. The, the Knicks are undefeated in the preseason. They've only played three games. The Lakers have played like eleven, but the um, the Knicks are undefeated in the in the preseason, and um, uh, you know Tibbs went hard. They played the Pistons on uh, Wednesday. Night. Tibbs went hard. Played like Julius Randle, like thirty five minutes and oh. stuff like that. And um, after the game, Tibbs had an amazing quote. Uh, he got asked about how he is so serious about the preseason, as you'd expect. And he totally channeled Michael Jordan in the last dance. Remember the, the key mm-hmm. moment in the last dance where Jordan's like, you know, that's on you if you don't want to, because you know, you don't win. That's on you. And then he's like tearing up and he goes, break. Um, you know, that's my way. So Tibbs last night says, my way isn't for everyone. My way is for me. Everything matters to me. <laughs> and it just made me, it just made me laugh because it was like, <laughs> that's Tibbs in a, uh, in a, in a nutshell, that's Tibbs. And I just, um, uh, it, it, it's just, it reminded me of the last dance and, um, the Knicks were undefeated, and I'm going to tell you. It's also why the Knicks were the fourth seed in the East last year. 
and got knocked out in the first round. I was going to say, hell of a preseason coach. Not so much of a postseason, <laughs> but, you know. I know well, part of the get. reason like, part of the reason his teams have failed in the postseason <clears throat> is because they overachieve in the regular season. And it's because he maniacally has them ready to go every single night. Yeah, I don't know that playing Julius Randle 35 minutes in the preseason, 33 minutes. I want to correct the record. I don't want to be wrong. 30. I, I don't know if that's necessary. I don't know if it's wise. I mean, I guess the his workload won't be as heavy as last year, but I don't know, man. How old is Taj Gibson? What do you think? Uh, what's his jersey number? I think it's. I think he changes it every year. And it's for his he's age. In his, he's in his late thirties. He's thirty-six. He, he he's thirty-six. He played thirty-one minutes in October, and he had twenty-one and nine. Um, but uh, you just you, you can always count on Tibbs being Tibbs. Um, and in this world where you know we have to deal with so much ridiculousness. There is a comfort and that, you know, the Tibbs is going to be Tibbs. I mean, there's some ridiculousness that comes along with that. It's just a, a <laughs> I know, guy. but cue but the, it's cue the, uh, cue the Fidel laugh. Yes. It's, it's, it's predictable. Up the laugh track. Ridiculousness. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and I just, that made me smile. What were you going to say, Buntemps? I just was going to say as a way to end the pod on a more uplifting note uh, than talking about all these guys who are injured or may play or may not play. Uh, by the next time we do this podcast, thank God there will be actual NBA regular season games that have been played. So I'm curious, what are we, uh, what are we interested to see over the first couple of days of uh, next week before we circle back on the pot in these regular season games? Man, Bond temps, the, the, the bright light. Listen, man, I'm tired. I, I, I've been up in the Northeast here with these never ending stories <laughs> oh, with sure. Ben Simmons and Kyrie Irving, and I cannot wait for actual basketball games to talk about. So I am, I am excited for that. So what you are know, we watching for the first couple so days of regular season? I, I'm excited for my first game of the season. It's a little, uh, a little Hawks Mavs delight. Next Thursday night. It's going to be next, a great game. Yeah. Next Thursday night uh, in Atlanta. Um, you know, the Hawks have gone from being kind of a fun league pass special to one of the spotlight teams in the league, obviously coming off an East finals run, um, you know, keeping Collins. There was so much speculation about that last year. Extending the Capella, uh, Trey young has gone from nobody thought he could win in the league to he's a bona fide superstar. And look, I'm trying not to react too much to preseason, but I'm just going to say this, these last couple games, Porzingis has looked good. Now, he's healthy and happy. Two things he never was last season, and two things that, you know, we'll see how long both of those last. But, you know, I'm at least intrigued by the potential of a healthy, happy Porzingis uh, as a sidekick to Luka. Going to be fascinating to see. I was watching a little bit last night, and he had a he had a nice steal and fast break. Uh, got fouled on a, on an attempt to lay lay the ball in, but he moved faster than I'd seen him move all last year. He looked great. So, you know, yeah, hopefully he, he's no longer a seven foot three traffic cone on defense, which he was <laughs> all last season. Yes. Um, um, don't and, you think Atlanta and Milwaukee? I mean, we are so far from when it really matters, but don't you think Atlanta and Milwaukee are kind of sitting back, going, oh. Boy, problems in Philly and Brooklyn. Hate to <laughs> <Yeah>. see it. <laughs> Hate to see and, it. And in Miami too. I'm sure they're they're not too upset either. Um, yeah, no, no question about it. I mean, for me, the two things I'm interested in for next week: the Warriors open with the Lakers opening night. 
Really excited to see what those two teams look like. Then they play the Clippers on Thursday. We've talked a lot about this early season Warriors team. Um, how are they going to uh, make it through without Clay? How much are they going to play Draymond at center? Um, you know, I, I'm just really curious to watch them play. And I'll be at Nick Celtics on opening night at MSG. We just got done talking about Tibbs. Uh, Al Horford probably isn't playing because he has COVID. We'll see if Jalen Brown is playing. Mm-hmm. He might be done with COVID by then. Um, but Kemba Walker playing against his old team at Madison Square Garden. Very curious to see what the Knicks look like and what this new look Celtics team under Yimei Udoka looks like. So um, a lot of really good games next week, but I'll be at that one. They'll be my first one, and I'm excited to see that one. Too. Everything counts or nothing counts. That's my Tibbs impression. By the way, Nets um, Bucks is a delicious opener for yes, yes, that's a lot say. of reasons. Ring, I was saving that one night, for my guy, Brian. I figured he would come in with that at the end. Then we'll be good. Ring night. Uh, ring night in Milwaukee. And um, as somebody who covered LeBron uh, daily for a long time, who covered LeBron losing six finals, the league loves to bring love when he, when they got the chance, love to bring LeBron in on ring night. Um, it wouldn't work if like he was playing Cleveland and the Lakers won the title or whatever. But um, I witnessed at least three or four ring nights where I was covering the Cavs or heat in opening night. Mm-hmm. And they made LeBron, you know, and so, you know, granted, you know, Durant's an NBA champion and all that stuff, but it's a tweak. Well, <laughs> it's and, a tweak and to have to sit there and watch the team that beat you uh, get their ring. Especially, uh, especially because that was their biggest challenge, right? I mean, yeah. for, you know, no, not, no offense to Phoenix or Atlanta, but that was, I mean, obviously they were closest to losing in the playoffs in that game seven. <laughs> also and, the heart or the, uh, the James Harden Giannis kind of, you know, passive beef. And oh, which went that went you know back to uh, you know Giannis's first MVP season. That's and right. The shade being thrown both ways, all the way up to Giannis. You know, got the trophies in his hand and said, "Hey, it would have been easy. It's easy to join That's a right. super team. That would have been That's easy. Right. We did it the That's hard right. way." So yeah. you know, I, if I we, doubt if we I could get doubt. a Nets, if we could get a healthy Nets Bucks conference finals, sign oh, me yeah. up for that. I highly doubt that that, uh, that Harden and KD will be out on the court during the ring ceremony, <laughs> but it is, uh, you know, they will be highly motivated for sure. Seems like a safe bet. And plus, they'll I'm the sure back. they'll be happy just to, you know, be playing basketball and not have a, uh, a circus thank to you. deal with. All right. Thank you. We got to go. Thank you. Listen to Collective Podcast. Enjoy your weekend, everybody. We'll be back to you early next week. These gents won't be back till later, but those of us who work full time on this podcast oh, will wow. be back to you before the start of the season. Enjoy your weekend. Take care. It's his podcast to cry if he wants to. Adios, amigos. <laughs> I'm crying. I'm crying a lot. <laughs> See you, boys. <laughs>